I'm Elise Liffring. And I'm George Sleffel. And welcome to the third season of The Current Podcast. The Current is your deep dive into the future of TV, media, and data-driven marketing, all explained in plain English. We talk to the biggest names in digital marketing. And for this episode, we speak with Kate Manfred, CMO of Discover Financial Services. Kate has a fascinating background. She began her career as a research engineer. How many CMOs can say that? She then went on to work as a consultant for nearly 20 years and recently celebrated her one-year anniversary as CMO at Discover. Her experience as a consultant and engineer have given her a unique perspective as what it means to be a marketer. She shares advice for those aspiring to be CMO and tells us a little bit about her secret sauce as to how Discover is differentiating itself from its rivals. Kate, you have a really interesting path to how you became CMO. You were a research engineer, and then you worked for a consulting company for 20 years. Now you're a CMO. What lessons, if any, have you taken with you from your previous jobs that you're applying to your current role now? You know, I would say having grown up and been educated as a chemical engineer, that really instilled in me a value of data and taking a analytical approach to problem solving that's been really, really helpful in my overall career. I really enjoyed chemical engineering for being able to structure really ambiguous problems and leverage data to be able to solve those ambiguous problems. But I found very early on, after only a year or two, I felt like my learning curve was capping out and I wasn't learning as much as I could. So I switched into consulting and really enjoyed my 19 plus years with the Boston Consulting Group. I went into it thinking I'd spend two years there and really be more focused on operations and finance. But I ended up falling in love with marketing and consumer insights and really leveraging the power of understanding consumers to drive growth strategies. And I really felt like with every new project, I was learning something new. And so I'd say my career up to this point and the skills and lessons that I learned were to really, really embrace data and the math and how do you structure an ambiguous problem from my engineering days. And then from my consulting days, I really got to round out my skill set and leverage the power of understanding consumers to really, really say, okay, how are we going to solve the consumer need? How do we make sure that what we're doing each and every day is focused on the consumer? And if we do that, we're going to be okay. So I'd say those are really the two big things that I learned in terms of my skill set. And then in terms of the other big lesson I took was to really make sure that I'm learning something every day. A serious question then, should all marketers start off as engineers? (laughs) It's an interesting question. I would say it's pretty non-traditional career path for marketers. I mean, in today's data-driven world though. I do think marketers need to embrace math and be comfortable understanding statistics, understanding the underlying math to be able to make decisions. And it is something that I encourage everyone to really embrace because to make good, robust decisions, you really need to embrace the math and the data that every consumer leaves as they're clicking around the internet. So 
One of the narratives that's out in the industry right now is that CMOs have to report to the CFO and, you know, they're under more pressure to tie their ad spend to business outcomes. Like that is a narrative you're hearing on earnings calls across not just the ad industry, but all industries, I would argue. How much of that narrative is true? Like are CMOs really feeling that pressure to tie the ad spend to business outcomes more so now than maybe five years ago, in your opinion? Or, you know, do you have any insight there? I can certainly speak to the my relationship with our CFO, which is A, very strong, and B, very much focused on how do we make sure that it has a good ROI or return on investment. So if you think of marketing spend, it's really an investment, either in growing the number of customers we have or driving our existing customers to stay engaged with us and to really make sure that they continue to engage with us every day and that we retain them as customers for life. And if you think of those two sides of the coin, they really do deliver tangible growth and tangible shareholder value. And I do think we do need to quantify it. Some of it is harder to quantify than others as a pure ROI model, because some investments take a long time to manifest and, you know, have a long half-life. And so some of it is art, some of it is science, but I think there is always at its core a robust decision-making process around having to think through what we choose to spend on and ensuring that it hits our investment thresholds. Very interesting. Um, And you've, in fact, recently celebrated one year as CMO, which is really exciting. What advice would you give for those aspiring to be in the same role? So for future CMOs who really want to embrace and sit in that seat, I would recommend probably three or four things. One is really, really having an intense curiosity and always asking why. And not just the first why, I I like the framework of five whys, just keep asking why to really understand how consumers are making decisions and how they make trade-offs. The second is staying dedicated to what the consumer needs. So really always and everywhere, staying fully dedicated to the idea that you're in your seat to serve customers and that serving their needs is always your highest calling, I think really helps future CMOs differentiate the service, the experience, the creative they're developing, and their underlying growth strategies to make sure that they're always, always focused on consumer needs. And then the third piece is really being willing to embrace new ways of working, new data sets, and look for those opportunities that the new data sets, the new channels are creating that allow us to better serve customer needs. So as long as you're asking why and getting to the root of the problem, you're staying focused on consumer needs, and you fundamentally keep looking to experiment and try new things that in the service of addressing those customer needs, I think you're going to be in good shape. And you know, a lot of the time, though, that CMOs have 
a pretty short lifespan, usually, at a lot of major brands. Why is that, in your opinion? I cannot personally speak to it, and I'm hopeful that I don't have a short span. And my predecessor actually was with Discover for an incredibly long time, so it's not necessarily a trend that we see at Discover, but I do think it's a hard job. It's a big seat to sit in and getting harder especially as you start seeing all of the new digital channels and digital exhaust and building whole tech stacks and understanding exactly how am I going to get the MarTech, AdTech ecosystem to work? How do I build partnerships with my media teams, my creative agencies? Like it is very complicated. CMOs also tend to report to CEOs and boards who are looking for results quickly. And oftentimes some investments can take a while to manifest. And so you have to make decisions quickly in a role where the data is evolving and you want to see results quickly, but at the same time, build a brand for the long term. And I think that's just a tricky needle to thread. That sounds exhausting. It sounds like a lot of work. You know, I think the biggest thing is you don't do it alone. You got to just surround yourself by an incredibly strong team, both within Discover as well as the partnerships that you create and put around the team. That's, I think, the key to success is that recognition that no one can do this job alone. My favorite leadership quote is you rise by lifting others. And I think that is incredibly true across the board because a CMO can never be successful by himself or herself. It really comes down to the strength and quality of the team that you build, both internally and externally. That's super interesting. Our CEO actually often talks about rising to lift all boats. Yeah, a rising tide does lift all boats, which is very, very helpful. If you get the brand spend right, you're going to be lifting all boats. But I think the only way you can lift the boats is if you help lift your team up. Let me just pivot for a second. You know, you guys recently had an earnings and Discover highlighted the need for more marketing because of COVID. Can you tell us a little bit about those efforts? Like, are there any examples that you can share? Sure. And I would separate the two, actually. I think in earnings, we talk about COVID. We talk about increasing marketing spend. I'm not sure we would say that hey, COVID is actually the reason why we increased marketing spend. We pulled back in marketing at the height of 2020, along with many of our competitors. However, we never really went dark in market the way others did. Instead, we really focused on what our customers needed during an incredibly volatile time. We really wanted to focus on exceptional service and how we could help customers that really needed it and added rewards and categories where we were seeing surges in spend like home improvement. And we believed that showing up in the market, particularly in the height of the pandemic, was really important because it enabled us to both be present and it actually allowed us to gain some share because we didn't pull back as much as our competitors did. And I think it helped people know they could trust us that we would be around. We actually chose to accelerate our marketing spend in 2021 and into 2022 because we're seeing a pretty significant economic recovery. And we saw some 
opportunities for profitable new accounts, and we're investing in some long-term capability builds. But that's really tied more to the economy because, of course, credit cards do tend to be a cyclical business. So we do try to invest when you see upturns. Awesome. What are you guys working on currently? How are you differentiating your product out there at this time? A couple of things. One is I really want people to know that we're more than a credit card company. So fundamentally, Discover has an unbelievably strong checking product and debit account. We have a great savings program. We have personal loans, student loans, and we have an incredibly strong credit card portfolio. But really getting that message out that we're a full service bank that is a digital bank, I think is going to be important to let people know that. In terms of how we're differentiating ourselves, we really focus on four big pillars of the brand. And all of our products deliver against these four pillars that I think are quite differentiated. First and foremost, we focus on really strong service. We have a great heritage of 100% US-based service where people are located here in the US. All of our employees are, even through the pandemic, they all are working from home and doing a great job serving our customers. Our second key pillar of the brand is all about our rewards. As the leader in cashback rewards, we really want to make sure that people can continue to earn rewards simply and be able to redeem them very simply. And I think cashback is just core to who we are. We offer it in our credit card products. We offer it in student loans. And we offer it in our checking debit account. Our third big pillar is around being fair. At the core, we really want to help people achieve brighter financial futures and delivering that in a fair, straightforward way so that consumers know we're on their side, we think is really important. So we do things like have no annual fee on any of our cards and no fees on our checking accounts. And then the last piece that we think is really important and critical for a bank is all about security and keeping people's information incredibly secure, both within our walls, but also helping our customers outside our walls. So those are sort of our four key pillars. We're really excited, actually, about a new product that we're launching in May, and it is all about online privacy protection. So that anyone who has a Discover product in our mobile app, they can just register for free and we will monitor their information on people search sites. And if we find it, we'll remove it, which is part of that security pillar of the idea that we want to protect people's information and help them achieve that brighter financial future. You mentioned privacy, and I think that's a fantastic feature that you guys are offering. But I also wonder, too, is just like, do you feel like consumers have become numb? It seems like there's like data breach after data breach. Consumers sort of view it as inevitable. They're going to get hacked and they're, they just have to deal with it. And they don't know what to do, so they end up doing nothing. And what I really like about this online privacy protection is it finally gives the consumer something they can do by essentially enrolling in the program that's free on our mobile app. It automatically will search 10 people search sites and remove their information. 
if we find any, and every 90 days we'll repeat it because people get hacked again. But it gives a tool to help and help arm our customers with something they can do. We also actually offer another tool free to our card members is something that essentially is always monitoring the dark web for people's social security numbers, as well as letting them know if we find a new account or an inquiry at the credit bureau and just alert them so they'll know if something untoward is happening so they can take some efforts to protect some sensitive information. So I think... Yes, consumers are, are sort of like, yeah, hacks will happen. But the key is, what do you do about it? And how do you protect your information? I think Discover is really trying to help our customers to protect their information in a pretty unique and differentiated way. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Just to pivot a little bit, you, you obviously operate in like the finance banking space as it relates to advertising. If, if I'm a marketer, you know, outside of that space? Like, what do you think is significantly different as a marketer in that world versus the majority of other marketers? Yeah. And, you know, I can certainly speak to the finance world because that's where I am, the CMO. And I'd say in our world, it is very clear that consumers have a lot of unmet needs and aren't incredibly happy with their financial services providers. There's a lot of anxiety and mental stress that comes with managing your money that I think we are uniquely positioned to help with. That managing money and are you on the right path? Do you feel like this is a good decision to do X? Is really hard for some consumers to do and to feel like confident that they're making the right decisions when they're managing their money. Like all of those decisions are really important and they're very emotional and very emotion filled. And I think that creates a big opportunity as a marketer in the financial services space, because we tend to default to very, very rational benefits and features and talk about, oh, the reward rate, or oh, the no annual fee, because those unbelievably rational benefits and features are important, but they're only important if they ladder to the experience we deliver that ladders then to an emotional space that we're trying to really operate in and help with consumers. How do we earn permission to help people feel confident with their financial decisions? That to me is the big unlock in the financial services space that I spend a lot of time thinking about. I actually think it's fairly true outside of financial services as well as the best marketers think about all layers of that benefit ladder from the rational, unbelievably, like what is the exact feature of the product to the experience and functional layer of what's the experience deliver to the emotive layer of how does it make the customer feel? And I think that's really important. I just think in financial services, we tend to shy away from the emotive piece and I don't think we should. I think the other piece that is a little different in financial services is we are highly regulated. And so really making sure that you build good relationships with your legal team and your compliance team so that you can talk about things in a very straightforward way that consumers can understand them 
I think is really important. And that's it for The Current, but stay tuned as next week we'll have Greg Hahn, co-founder and chief creative officer at Mischief at No Fix Address, which recently took home top honors as Agency of the Year. Things in advertising had gotten really, really difficult for big agencies. So I saw, I saw the pandemic and this whole reset as an opportunity to try something new and invent the future rather than try to recreate the past. The Current is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Loving Caliber. The Trade Desk team includes Cassie Crosby, Yvonne Sikic, Kat Vesey, Melinda Zurich, and Christine Gallagher. And remember, a CMO can never be successful by himself or herself. I'm George. And I'm Elise. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>